It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Joe Biden just he's going to have a he's going to have a presser today at 12:30 I guess Eastern Standard Time about uh, Justice Breyer. Maybe if Joe Biden gets confused he might uh, attempt to replace Breyer with Ben and Jerry. <laughs> There's going to be an announcement I guess and we're still I'm not going to pretend like I know every circuit judge in America. I'm not going to pretend like I really follow which judges are where and their ideology. I don't have time for that. So when this pops up, then I can, I can listen to others. I can do my own research. I can see who's going to be whatever, but it's going to be a liberal. They're going to they're put a liberal on the Supreme Court. It's going to replace Breyer, who's a liberal. So, you know, it's like, it's like tit for tat, you know? So um, I do want to mention before I go any further that the Super Bowl has caught the stupid. This year's Super Bowl has caught the stupid. Despite the fact that Great Britain has released, uh, you know, gotten rid of all restrictions with regard to covid as Super Bowl fans, are you, are you ready for this? We'll have to wear face masks to watch the game at L.A.'s SoFi Stadium unless they're eating or drinking. This is so ungodly stupid. I hope everybody in the stadium, literally, I hope at the same time they all throw their masks in the air. That's what should happen. They should have a, a signal from the crowd, from somebody, maybe an exact time when you throw your masks in the air like you just don't care. Maybe you could do it. I got an idea. How about this? Let's put, I'll put this online. When the national anthem is over, throw your mask in the air. Everybody lose the mask. Unless you feel like you're going to get sick and you're paranoid and you're a freak, then fine. Leave your mask on. Or you have a pre-existing condition. I'll just mention that too. So the Los Angeles County Health Director, Barbara Ferrer, announced on Tuesday, Super Bowl attendees will be required to wear masks. Uh, they, the N95 masks will be distributed for fans at the game. The only thing free, it'll be like $15, $20 for a beer, but you'll get an N95 mask. You put the NFL logo on it, then it'll be $50. Uh, that said, uh, they can be removed when eating or drinking, which will be pretty much, you might as well just leave it off if it comes to the drinking thing when you're in the Super Bowl. Super stupid, beyond stupid. In order to attend the game February 13th, proof of vaccination or negative test result must be shown to get into SoFi Stadium. We're still behind the eight ball. They're going to keep this going as long as they can because it's an election year. Absolutely unbelievable. As part of the county's restriction, if anyone refuses to wear a mask after being told by uh, facility staff, the offense could carry a $250 fine. I wonder if it'd be illegal for me to post on social media. Throw your mask in the air after the national anthem. If I could get that to trend, that would, would that be illegal? I don't know. It's not like sh- I'm shouting, uh, you know, uh, uh, fire in a crowded theater. Throw your mask in the air like you just don't care. After the national anthem. That is what I am recommending. So, yesterday we, uh, we heard that Stephen Breyer uh, has been, uh, well, he's, he's forced to retire, essentially, is what I've heard. <laughs> I uh, got to step down for the Supreme Court at the end of his uh, current term. Nancy Pelosi's going to be 83, and uh, she's going to go ahead and run again for uh, Congress for the 247th time. Breyer had been under pressure from liberal activists to retire. I don't know what they're doing. They're throwing uh, you know, urine bottles at him like they do at Antifa protests. Who knows surrounding his house? Who knows? Uh, I'm not going to say who the likely contenders are because you don't know them. You know? <laughs> this is, uh, if Biden decides to uh, follow a campaign promise, which is that he would uh, appoint a black woman 
And I got to thinking about this yesterday, and I want to get more into this in just a moment. I was thinking about uh, the, the, the Supreme Court justice and how much room we have for total diversity. Um, because, you know, there are a, a, uh, literally thousands of different combinations of people that you could put in there who um, had never been a Supreme Court justice. Okay? There are nine Supreme Court justices right now. We got a Hispanic woman, a black guy, a couple of white guys, a couple of women, uh, you know, all this stuff. And, and now they're deciding that a black woman is underserved and all that. What about a Native American woman? What about an Indian woman? What about, hold on, hold on, hold on. How about a um, aboriginal lesbian or an aboriginal transgendered woman? Is this the end? Is this the first? You may not realize this. We have the first Indian American vice president. Did you even know that? No, she focuses on the black because she knows the black will get her points. Uh, the, the black is a checkmark. The Indian was not considered when they were, you know, considering the, the vice president. But Joe Biden didn't go, no, we need an Indian American. He said, no, 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 black woman, black woman. And it's because he is uh, not really into black women. It's just only when it becomes, uh, you know, something political. So I want to get into... Uh, uh, there, there's a new sheriff in town in Virginia, and uh, there's going to be a new sheriff in town in Washington, D.C. A whole bunch of deputies, actually, beginning in uh, uh, November of, uh, of this year when Republicans take over both houses of Congress. I, I'm, I'm optimistic about it. I heard read yesterday there are tens of thousands of Republicans volunteering to uh, work on election boards, to uh, work on election day and other things, and they will have their cell cameras ready to go. Uh, and that's what we have to do, actually, if we're going to keep the Democrats from doing what they did in 2020, which was to steal the election. Yeah, I said it because I believe it. And you know why? Because I'm not stupid. Anyway, new sheriff in town in Virginia. And we all found out on the very first day, Glenn Youngkin signed some executive orders. The Democrats had no problem with Joe Biden doing a stack of executive orders on the first day. But Glenn Youngkin, it's racist and terrible and awful. But he basically said uh, bye-bye to uh, uh, CRT in schools, allow parents to be more involved in their kids' education and whatnot. And a Democrat House of Delegates member decided to do a typical Democrat move, which was to call any sort of effort by the governor and the Republicans as racist. Now, when I was a kid in uh, radio, music radio, Columbia, Missouri, literally 30 years ago, yeah, way back in 1930 years ago, I, uh, I was this kid in my 20s, and I remember that, that the University of Missouri is there, Stevens College was there, uh, and I kept hearing, you know, uh, the word racist used all the time. For campus speakers, uh, in the media, you're a racist, you're a racist, and I said, sooner or later, it's going to be like a crying wolf, and it's going to go away, and, and, and by the way, racist did kind of start to fade a little bit. Um, it's still there, it's still used, but it, it became bigger, it became white supremacist, it became Nazi, it became all of these things, and, uh, and they're still trying it, and I think, honestly, we're at a point where it's like call me a racist i don't care i know i'm not a racist and i don't have to prove myself to you but here is this uh a jackweed democrat uh, delegate don scott jr uh setting this up and then i'll play the republican response from a great delegate named uh, nick Friedis. i'll play that in just a minute again there is a lot going on right now when i was here about a month ago with freshmen unexpectedly the governor, the governor-elect at the time, he came in this chamber with the freshmen who were being trained and taught and, and talked about how we do things on the floor. 
And the first things that I recall him saying was that he, he had a strong prayer life and that he was praying for everybody. Wait, is he going to go after his faith? And so far, what I've seen from his day one activities is not someone who is a man of faith. Wow. Not a Christian. Wow. But someone who wants to divide the commonwealth. Someone wants that wants to cause division on this commonwealth. I know the truth hurts. I don't want to make you cry like saying critical race theory because I know it hurts your feelings. I wow. just want to say. Wow. To order. The gentleman will continue in proper order. Thank you. Thank the you. Is he, was he in proper order? I'm sorry. Continue. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. As I, as I said before. Now, here is the response from uh, Republican Nick Freitas. Listen to this the next time you're called a racist for believing in Donald Trump or believing that, uh, you know, we should do something about the murder rate in inner cities where it's black on black violence 13 times the national average or basically any Republican belief you have where ultimately you'll be called a racist because they want to shut you up. This is Representative Delegate, I should say, Nick Freitas. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, I, I was asked by a colleague of mine on the other side of aisle, someone I actually deeply respect, and she asked me, uh, was I going to be nice this session? And I, I thought it was an interesting question. I don't particularly think of myself as a, uh, an unnice person, but I can see how sometimes people would see that differently. But you know what I've never done, Mr. Speaker? I've never got on this floor and I've challenged the faith of an elected official because I disagreed with them on policy. I've never gone on this floor, Mr. Speaker, and suggested that the other side of the aisle were racist because they didn't agree with my particular policy positions. Amen. I've never suggested they were sexist because they didn't agree with my particular policy positions. Amen. But I'm keeping a running tally. Say women, I guess. So far of this session, we're not very far into it. And almost every day, almost every day, someone on the other side of the aisle either gets up and either subtly or comes right out and suggests that if you don't agree with them on policy, well, then you're not a Christian. You're a sexist. You're a bigot. You're a racist. That's what they'll say if you don't support Joe Biden's uh, nominee for the Supreme Court. And well, because you think that she's radical or, you know, it's presumably a black woman. You already said that on the campaign trail. It's a, it's a campaign. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. That was a campaign promise, which means it will be broken. Nah, because he's selective on his breaking of the campaign promises. Just the stuff, you know, that, you know, like, like defeating the coronavirus. Stuff like that. That, you know, not on this one. The moment someone actually stands up and says, wait a second, no, I'm not going to accept that. If you want to debate me on the merits of our particular policies, I am happy to have that discussion. But the this. moment you claim, yep. with no evidence other than we don't agree on a particular policy position... The moment you claim that that makes us racist or sexist or bigoted, Mr. Speaker, I've got news. This was tried during the election cycle. Love it. You had a lot of parents coming to their local elected officials asking questions about what was going on in their schools. Yeah. And the initial response was, oh, it's not there. And then when they saw evidence that it was based off of what their kids were coming home and saying to them. Then what they say? And they went back and reissued the concern, then they got told, oh, well, then you must be a racist. 100%. And I know people like in Loudoun County, Azra Numani, one of the per a person of color, she's been called racist. Uh, other people of color have been called racist. Uh, they, they actually use the word, um, what is it, white adjacent. 
<laughs> they can, literally in, in, in counties of Virginia, if they want to call you a racist and you're a brown person, they call you white adjacent. One more cut from uh, Delegate Nick Freitas. And there's been a lot of times we've sat here politely and just took I'm white adjacent, and, and honestly, I'm black adjacent too because my next door neighbor's a black guy. Okay. Mr. Speaker, not this time. I'm tired of it. My constituents are tired Woo! of it. Yes. Because when these claims are made, they're not just made against Governor Youngkin. They're not just made against us. Yep. They're made in part against the people that elected to send us here. Yep. And I don't know a single person in this chamber that I would define as racist or sexist or bigoted. We have very different ideas about how to get to particular in states where all Virginians can be happy, healthy, prosperous, and free. You can't have that. That's racist. But just... So I'm very clear. Will I be nice this session? I would certainly like to be, but I'm not about to sit here and yes. listen to that, Mr. Speaker. Boom! And then go home to my constituents and have them ask me, why didn't you stand up and defend us? Beautiful. So let's have a robust policy discussion. But if you're going to question the faith of the intentions of anybody that happens to disagree with you on policy, then you don't get to lecture us on compassion, tolerance, or an open debate. Thank that is fantastic. That is what needs to be said every time this crap is pulled on Republicans. Absolutely fantastic. Hey guys, Rob Carson for Gold Co. I got a warning for you, in case you haven't figured it out already. Inflation and tax hikes are Biden's only way out of a nearly $30 trillion debt. Yeah. So if you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or savings, your money is at risk. They're looking at it. The federal government is looking at your 401k, your retirement, licking their chops. Go to retirewithnewsmax.com, get your free IRS loophole kit. That's right. Go to retirewithnewsmax.com. My friends at Gold Co. will give you up to $10,000 or more in free silver with a qualified account. Gold Co. has helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and tax hikes. So what are you waiting for? Do this today if you get some time, okay? Go to retirewithnewsmax.com. That's retirewithnewsmax.com. All right, so uh, last time I talked to this guy, he was a state senator. Now he is the next governor of the great state of Pennsylvania on our Newsmax hotline. Doug Mastriano joins us, candidate for uh, for governor of Pennsylvania. How you doing, sir? Thanks for having me on, Rob, in these strange <laughs> times we're living in. Woo. <laughs> oh, buddy, you know, and it got even stranger in Pennsylvania. You were one of the first states to have a monkey spill. <laughs> you know, and then everyone's mom about it. It's like, what's wrong with these monkeys? Why'd you kill them? I can't tell you. You know, this is really funny. It's literally in Pennsylvania. There's a lab monkey spill, and this woman goes over and uh, and tries to you know pick up the you know I don't know talk to the monkey or whatever. And now she's got like pink eye or something. And uh, uh, you know, this, I, I you don't don't mess with lab monkeys. Uh, you know. <laughs> Well, then, I, apparently she said the truck driver told her that he was hauling cats. So she went over and said, hey, kitty, kitty, and a monkey showed up. She's like, what? <laughs> hey, before we get into a conversation about what's going on as far as election integrity 2020, your gubernatorial uh, candidacy, I'll ask you a real question. One or the other, Joe Rogan or Neil Young? <laughs> I go with Joe. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. I could go the rest of my life without hearing, you know, keep me searching for a heart of gold. Never been a fan. 
Never been a fan. What's wrong with these these old hippies anyway? Howard Stern, you know, the the anti-establishment guy now. It's like, kill anyone without a vaccine. Wait, what? Is that too many drugs or something? I don't know. Yeah, I know. And and, and, and that and also Whoopi Goldberg uh, talking about uh, you can't make fun of certain things now if you're Bill Maher. It really is. It really is. uh, It is kind of gotten ugly. Kind of ugly that way. By the way, I I didn't get a chance to. uh, You had been tweeting about your anniversary. You were a part of Desert Storm. Uh, you were about my age. You're probably mid twenties back in 1991 when that happened. Uh, thank you for your service, my friend. How does it feel now that you look at all that has happened in the Middle East after your service, uh, and then ultimately the withdrawal from Afghanistan? What? What? How do you oh feel today? How do you feel today, bro? Yeah, 31 years on, and really, it, it, it's just devastating to me. So you know, you and I grew up with with the Vietnam generation seeing what they endured and the failed policies and how politicians lost the war and, and ruined the credibility of the nation and put us through a yeah. crisis. And then the, the, the Reagan buildup in the 80s was, was applying all the lessons learned to Vietnam so we wouldn't do that ever again. So Desert Storm was how you fight a war. You go in all in, oh, yeah. have an objective, and win the war. And then quickly, within our own generation, Rob, our nation forgot. We had pushed, you know, piecemeal us into Afghanistan, pushed piecemeal us into Iraq. All the things that Rumsfeld watched happen in his lifetime, then Secretary of Defense uh, under McNamara, he repeated. And watching the catastrophe, have, have we not learned anything? And then Afghanistan. And so make no bones about it. Putin feels emboldened by yes. America's weakness <clears throat> in Afghanistan. Yeah, and uh, let me ask you that as somebody who has been part of, you know, going in and rescuing a people. Um, 31% of Americans, I guess, might support a limited troop involvement in Ukraine. I don't see how that's possible. Uh, what are your thoughts? We don't belong there, Doug. That's what I have to say. We do not belong in a war with Russia or Ukraine. And if we we're so concerned about it, why didn't uh, you know, Biden and Obama do anything in 2014 when they you know, invaded Crimea? We, we have no business intervening there. Let's secure our own border. Now, we do have security obligations with our NATO allies. That's Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. And, you know, the, the debate about them, that's over. When they were brought in, members were committed to them. Uh, but as far as uh, Ukraine, they made a big mistake in 1994. 1994... They signed a deal with the U.K., the U.S., and, and Russia to give up their nuclear weapons. And uh, had they had this nuke yeah. today, there'd be no problem on their border. That's true. Yeah, I remember that. I, I totally forgot about that. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little about what's happening in, uh, in Pennsylvania with regard to the 2020 election. I know there's been some movement. Uh, what is an update there before we get into uh, your run for governor? Well, I mean, there's pushing like 20-some candidates here, and obviously the field will thin out during a petition drive. You have to gather 2,000 signatures from at least 10 counties across the state here to get on the ballot. And it's going to be easy for us because I have thousands of volunteers, but for you know, the low-hanging fruit, they're going to drop out. But all the polls, all the internal polling, all the polls from the other candidates, it always always has me ahead. I've been consistently ahead since May. And uh, I, I sprang, I sprang way, way ahead after my announcement in January for 40% for some polls. Love it. That's fantastic. And what's your message, Doug? What do you want to do in Pennsylvania? You know, I want to, and this is not a phrase or or a politician talking. I'm no politician, but I do want to make, I want to unleash Pennsylvania's greatness once again. We are the Keystone State, we're the state where it all began in 1776. And we should be the beacon of light and freedom for the nation here. I want Pennsylvania to be a place where you can come and enjoy your life and live your life as you see fit. And then to pull back these government regulations, all these restrictions, you know, on day one, uh, jab mandate's gone, mask mandate's gone, CRT's gone. I mean, just on and on. Oh, I, I love it. Come and raise your families. 
how are you? Uh, you're on the stump now. You've been on the stump before because obviously you've run for uh, public office before. Um, and I've seen some of your pictures of your rallies. I mean, you're loading some rooms, bro. Uh, tell me how that's going, how you're being received, and what is really, really, really resonating with people right now. Uh, I guess the biggest thing is credibility. For the past two years, at times I've been a solitary and sometimes a lone voice, as you know, you had me on your show, fighting for election integrity and fighting to reopen the state, fighting against Governor Wolf's mandate. I was told two years ago when I, was, when I first began taking Governor Wolf on with his heavy-handed rules, I was told by well-meaning people, you can't take him on. He's, he's 60-some percent favorable. You're like David and Goliath. And we brought that giant down. So the people looking for somebody such as that's not talking, but somebody's actually doing. From a corner to the corner of the state, we get record crowds. You, you, you saw my announcement rally. Uh, yeah. Right Side Broadcasting Network was there, and they, they cover these things routinely. He said he's never seen anything at the state level like we had wow. going on in Gettysburg. I, I love it. You know, and to me, I see these states, and a lot of times, you know, <clears throat> people look at California. What Democrats have gone to done to California? Uh, a lot of people don't think of like Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a state. Uh, it is an eastern state. It is an older state. Um, and maybe they're not. They, you know, you don't you don't see the 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 U-Haul vans moving out of uh, you know uh, Pennsylvania like you do in California. But there are a lot of things that keep Pennsylvania from being what it could be, and a lot of that, uh, most of that, has to do with Democrat policies that have been in effect. For a very long time, and you know as much as uh, uh, you know as I do, I, I like Pennsylvania. I lived in Maryland. I would have chosen to live in Pennsylvania rather than Maryland. Although Pennsylvania, not a much better uh, as far as governance concerned state. But what's holding back Pennsylvania, and what are you going to do to to really unleash it and make people go? You know what? I think I want to move there. Fail policies and bureaucrats. Uh, to, to live in Pennsylvania and run the business, you got to navigate 153,000 state regulations. And then on top of all this overtaxation, we have, I think, it's like the sixth heaviest tax burden in the nation. And in some areas, we're leading or close to the top, like with the gas tax, brought to you, yeah, by the way, yeah. by Republicans, not, not Democrats. <laughs> and so we're sitting literally on a gold mine in Pennsylvania. We have enough natural resources here to, to fuel this nation for several centuries. So oh, what's yeah. going to happen? I'm elected. We're going to unleash the potential of Pennsylvania. We're going to open up our economy. We're going to become the Florida of the Northeast, but better. I love it. Well, it's just a lot. And, and I've told you that I, I love the state. I've had a chance to go through Pennsylvania Dutch country. I've been to uh, Hershey a number of times. Pittsburgh is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, everything. It's just wonderful. All right, so where could people go to, uh, to follow up on your campaign, help you out a little bit? Go ahead. It's pretty easy. Dougforgov.com. Doug number four gov.com. All right. Is that gov G-U-V? G-O-V. G-O-V. Okay. <laughs> Doug for gov G-O-V. I just want to make sure because some places, hey, gov. All right, buddy. Best of luck. Godspeed. Have a glorious weekend. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. See you, Doug. Bye. I will select a nominee worthy of Justice Breyer's legacy of excellence and decency. As long as she's a black woman. Well, I've been studying candidates' backgrounds and writings. Who are black women? I've made no decision except one. That they be a black woman. Okay, I'm done. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications. Yes. Character. Yes. Experience and integrity. Yes. And that person will be the first black woman oh, there it is. ever nominated to the United States. There's Congress. the money shot right there. That's what yeah. we're doing, my view. Yeah, that's good. I made that commitment during the campaign for president, and I will keep that commitment. <laughs> I will fully do what I said I'd do. I will fulfill my duty to select a justice, not only with the Senate's consent, but with his advice. 
He just negated everything he said with that. Listen. I've made no decision except one. Yes. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. Yes. Yes, that's great. But it's all of that is usurped by checking a couple boxes. Former White House Press Secretary, White House Communications uh, Director under Donald Trump, also a Navy veteran and author and TV host as well. Got his book sitting right in front of me, his latest, Radical Nation, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Dangerous Plan for America. Ladies and gentlemen, on the Newsmax hotline, we welcome Sean Spicer. How are you, sir? You. Great. With you. I know you're busy. Uh, you got Spicer and Company keeps you very busy. Uh, a show that I watch every night when I'm making dinner. So a lot of talk today about uh, Justice Breyer being replaced. Uh, it sounded like the announcement was leaked yesterday, not officially. What, what are your thoughts on that? And then we'll move into possible replacements, maybe possibly Kamala Harris. Go ahead, sir. Well, two things. I mean, it wasn't You know, possibly it was leaked. I mean, he informed the White House a week ago. We do know that. He hasn't made an announcement, or he wasn't until today, had made an announcement. So they did it, and it makes sense. Look, they needed to pivot. It's been a disaster in terms of foreign policy with Russia, China, North Korea firing off missiles, uh, their legislative agenda in peril, uh, the voting legislation. I mean, you name it, build back better. They needed something. So they had to do whatever they could to pivot away from the inflation news, all of the things that are going on, and what better way than to pivot to enough to something that they can entirely control, which is a Supreme Court pick that they can placate a base that they have utterly let down, i.e. the black community. And so it was but it was a kick in the pants to a loyal soldier. Stephen Breyer waited to retire until there was a Democratic president and a Democratic Senate. And what did he get in return? He gets the thunder stolen from him. Um, So that's number one. Number two is, and I I just, I wrote a book that you and I have talked about called Radical Nation, and I talk about this extensively in the book, and this just reinforces this. This is Joe Biden's world that we live in. It's not about experience. It's not about qualifications. It's not about putting points on the board. It's about checking boxes. So it's, we're going to appoint the first black woman to the court. Not the most experienced, not the most qualified person. Politically speaking, think about how stupid this is. Yeah. If Biden had just waited, kept his mouth shut, and appointed the first <laughs> black woman, it would have looked like he was a hero. He would have appointed the first black woman. He yes. would have looked like he went through the process and appointed the best person. Now, two things. One, everyone that isn't a black woman is let down and knows that they didn't get even a look. And two, the person that's ultimately chosen knows that they didn't actually go through some kind of rigorous process and get chosen among all of their other peers, that they were chosen among a small group of people that only they fit into, i.e. that they were they, they fit the gender and the race of. Well, Sean, but the problem is you are excluding so many people, and why not the first uh, Pacific Islander woman? Why not the first, uh, you know, uh, Asian woman? Why not the why not the first Native American woman? I mean, I realize that the 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 demo is larger. I guess. With, go ahead. The simple answer: you yeah. didn't need them to win South Carolina. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank, this is why I needed your perspective today, Sean, because you, you know, you've got the experience of things like this. But, but isn't it? I mean, I, I know it won't be challenged. I know that the media certainly won't challenge a black woman being uh, considered uh, because she's a black woman first. 
But I mean, technically, isn't this illegal with regard to uh, an appointment? Well, I mean, I, I guess not. I mean, you're more than one because you could literally. I mean, you, you know, any president can have a criteria. They can say, "I'm, I'm going to appoint someone who only believes in the five." I mean, pre- yes, presidents but it's can bl- have criteria of any sort. But but here's my thing that I think is interesting, yeah. Rob. Think about this. So before the court right now is a, is a case um, about Harvard admissions, dealing with yes. Asian students and quotas. Yes. Well, if you're a justice solely appointed on a quota system, yeah. i.e. you are appointed to be a quota filler, then how do you rule on a case in which it's entirely <laughs> know. on quotas? I know. I caught that yesterday. I'm like, oh, boy, this is fantastic. Look what they're considering and, and look at what, what Biden is considering. So you believe, and there's been a lot of uh, debate, and, and I find it interesting that, you know, so many uh, people on the radio around the country act like they know all the circuit justices and all these associate justices, and nobody really, unless you follow them, unless you're some sort of savant, you have, like, baseball cards with their, their stats on them. Uh, most people really don't know a lot of these justices. We don't find out about them until... You know, the, the, the time comes when a Supreme Court justice and then the, the possibilities leak out. I noticed there are a list of possibilities that have been kind of spread around the Internet. It, is that leaked as well, do you suppose? Well, look, um, I, and I actually have a chapter in the book. I mean, Biden alluded to people that, uh, that he would choose during the campaign, not like Trump. Trump put out a list of 20. Um, but but they, they have intimated who they're going to pick, and I, and I think um, – you know, my 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 thing is, I, I think there's when you say that you're going to appoint a black woman that's a judge, that you start to create these concentric circles in which there's only so many people in that middle circle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so you know you've got um, what's it, Childs, the woman that um, the just that uh, that that Jim Clyburn, the congressman from South Carolina, yeah, yeah, uh, has yeah. been advocating for. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Judge Brown Jackson, who um, is the district court, D.C. district. You know, she's a favorite for a variety of reasons. One, she's on the D.C. circuit, which is the the big one. Two, she got three Republican votes, Collins, Murkowski and Graham. Um, Three, she clerked for Breyer and Breyer's a big advocate of her. And you you Ah. guarantee that today, I mean, Breyer, when he sits down with Biden, like, hey, uh, since you screwed me. How about a little love for the briar and, uh, you know, my yeah. girl who, I mean, yeah. uh, how about, a little, you know, and, and so I think that, and my thought, too, is that, frankly, if you're Schumer, you want to get this thing as quick and easy and done. And what better way to say, hey, she's just confirmed you three Republicans already voted for her, um, and And that way you get some points on the board. They don't. They need a win badly. Yeah. So, and, but so all of this, all of this fantasizing about uh, Kamala Harris leaving because of her horrible appeal and going to the Supreme Court, which I, I don't even know if she'd clear the, uh, the, 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 the confirmation process. To be quite honest, I don't know if she's bright enough. So you're saying that probably that ain't so going to happen. That, that ain't going to happen. First of all, it's not. So first of all, it's not going to happen. Joe Biden okay, tried yeah. to appoint you the first black woman to yeah. be vice president. Number two, just let me play this out for you for two seconds. So Vice President Kamala Harris, whoever's the nominee, right, so say she's the nominee, she would need all 50 Republican senators. Then she, as president oh. of the Senate, would have to cast the tie-breaking vote in her own confirmation yeah. to become that, which would leave a vacancy in the vice presidency, yeah. which she would then have to stick around and cast the tie-breaking vacancy vote, leaving <laughs> the Supreme Court without a nominee while she cast the tie-breaking vacancy 
on her replacement to be vice president. I mean, no way. It's just, I mean, yeah, it's so silly that. I know, I know, I know. I think but, that's the kind of thing that this Saturday night at some mass socially distanced Georgetown cocktail party, <laughs> a bunch of elitists uh, are going to be talking about yes. this. Like, however, you know it would be fun. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but I will tell you this. If what? you want to have a fun conversation this weekend, yes. Patrick Leahy is the Senate pro tem um, of the Senate. He is an older gentleman from Vermont. Yeah. Uh, the governor of Vermont is a Republican, and the Ver- and Vermont is one of those states that the, Ver- the governor of Vermont would appoint the replacement. If I were Patrick Leahy, I would make sure I have a driver and an inner tube around me. Because if anything happens to that man, the power of the Senate shifts real quick and the game yeah. changes quickly. Unbelievable. Well, you know what? They could be double historic. They, that Joe Biden could could he's already nominated. He got to, he got to her nominated uh, uh, as vice president. He could do a double whammy, and, and he, she could be the first black woman to be appointed by a, a white president twice. You know, it's just this historical stuff is just nonsense to me. After a while, it's like, uh, honestly, what what where what's the next frontier, Sean? I mean, if you get a black woman on the Supreme Court, what's the next frontier? What's what's the next ch- I mean, box, that's the point, box though. to that's, check? That's, but that's that's the left, though. They, it's, yeah, I know. It's the first this, it's the first that. It's the I, first, I mean, that's the point. It's if you're not picking on qualification, but here's look, Rob. This is where we are. Yeah, you got a you got a president with a thirty seven percent approval rating, inflation sky high, four crises on our foreign shores. Um, you know, this is what happens when the metrics of success go out the window, and you change it to all I want to do is figure out how many people I can appoint yeah. that check a box. Yes, sir. I understand that. Sean Spicer, I know you're busy. Thanks for the time. Guys, if you get a chance to check out Radical Nation, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Dangerous Plan for America, another great best-selling book by Sean Spicer. Make sure to check out his show every evening, Spicer and Company on Newsmax, 6 p.m. Also, Sean, where you are, where, where do you want people to go for social media? At Sean Spicer on Twitter, at Sean M. Spicer on Instagram. The website has it all, SeanSpicer.com. Thanks for listening today. Please share with others. Make sure to check out my show on Newsmax, which is called Rob Carson's What in the World. If you go to NewsmaxTV.com, you can see the archive if you missed last week's episode. In the meantime, God bless you. God bless our military. God bless our police. Remember Ashley Babbitt, and above all, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.